Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. If I'm curious, I'm like learning. I'm in a mindset state of I want to learn because I don't understand. So I know that I'm going to make a mistake or I know that I don't know everything. And as adults, we're also kind of suddenly expected to know answers to everything in life, but that's also not possible. And I think that that's a big part of trying to be curious, like own curiosity for yourself and also cultivate it with others is like being okay with people asking a question and maybe it's not it's not an argument or it's not questioning of your capabilities it's just like understanding um and if we can get to those kinds of spaces um there's so much room for growth that i think we're not necessarily scared of but not well versed in because we don't get to do it very often Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. Now, if you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with marketing strategist Ardeth Elby and with the fail coach, Miha Matlievsky, then do go check them out. Well worth a listen, but only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Lauren Yee. She's a builder of community and a process-driven problem solver. She finds ways to help individuals improve ideas and streamline processes. That's what makes her come alive. Before starting her own business, Lauren helped build the largest Lego-inspired STEM company in the US. She's worked with Golden State Warriors, with Google, with LinkedIn, Netflix, Southwest Airlines and Workday, helping them to build community, establish inclusivity and create psychologically safe work environments where staff can thrive. In our discussion today, Lauren talked to me about being comfortable with not knowing the answers. She explained the difference between fitting in and belonging. And she coined the phrase, adulting like a child. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Lauren Yee. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Oakland in California, which is just across the bay from San Francisco. Lauren Yee, who's a cultivator of curiosity, a builder of community, and a process-driven problem solver, and I'm looking forward to finding out what all those things mean. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Lauren. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. It's so great to be here. I'm really excited to chat with you. 
Now, Jeff Harry, who was our guest on episode 428 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have a conversation with you, Lauren, and he introduced us. So big hello to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> with his Lego bow tie there. <laughs> Absolutely. He is a great guy. I met him from working with him, and we've continued to find ways to uh, stay friends and connected and work together. Uh, I love that guy. So if he, I hope he's listening. If not, I will find him and make him listen. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, we'll 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 tag him when we post this on social media. Make sure he listens in and realise how much we both appreciate him. So, hi, Jeff. All right. Now you're all about connecting humans, which um, you know when Jeff introduced us and I looked up your profile and some of your information online, I thought, wow, we're going to get on really well because I sort of like to make marketing human again, and um, that's all about connecting humans at a at a genuine um, heartfelt level. So before we talk about all those things and about building curiosity, building community, cultivating curiosity, what impact are you making in the world, Lauren? Uh, well, hopefully I'm making, so that's the, the goal, right? What I really enjoy and what I aim to do with as many people as will talk to me um, is just, I like the idea of getting people to um, adult like a kid more, which is a lot of things because <laughs> I'm really into curiosity, clearly, um, and like, connecting with people. And like you mentioned, that's in a very human way. And that changes from childhood to adulthood. And I feel like that sort of theme has uh, circled back around in my life a lot. And I find myself, quote, not quoting exactly, but um, just reminding people, I'm like, well, you know how we do this with kids, like, this still works for adults and just reminding us that we're all human and we're still the same humans. We didn't magically become something else. So trying to help people do a lot uh, what, like, of good and be better and uh, grow and progress in whatever ways in remind, while reminding themselves that, you know, we're all just like giant kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm curious. <laughs> we'll use that word a lot. Um Yes. So as kids, we're kind of innocent and we do stuff and, you know, we'll go up and approach other people. And you always see this with kids. They go up in the playground, approach the next kid and bring them on board. You know, if, if somebody's sitting on the edge, they'll draw them in, they'll invite them in, they'll connect with them at a jam. And it's simply for the sake of connection. It's not there's no ulterior motives or anything. Um, what is it in society that kind of trains us away from this? I mean, a lot of things, I think, just because there's, like many things, there's not one answer necessarily, and it's not black and mm. white, even though our brains like want us to want it to be black and white and have there be answers. But a lot of times, it's a lot of gray area and multiple answers and things. But I do think, you know, as kids, we're just this like, open, whole human who's just learning and talking to people, and not in just one way, but media, our parents, our friends, our teachers, uh, school systems, job forces, a lot of things tell us that there's a right or wrong, or something's a silly question, or now you should be embarrassed and ashamed. And a lot of things get practiced into being like, ooh, don't do that. Don't be that. Um, versus this like free, like interesting weirdo, <laughs> whatever we were as a kid. And I mean, weird in the best way, because we're all, we all have different interests. But then we get mm. practiced into being like, 
This is the expectation as you go through life. This is how you look successful. Yeah. This is how you um, gain traction in the world, like whatever. Um, but there really isn't one right way. Yeah, there's kind of an average typical, but we've lost that sort of uniqueness and like okayness with being outside of the expected norm. And that gets trained and conditioned over time, which is really unfortunate. Hmm. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about something as you were saying that, and I thought I'd, I'd sort of, you know how on YouTube you come across all these cute animal um, videos, and a lot of them are cubs, so yeah, animal children basically, and, and so they get up to mischief and they play around and they experiment and they do wonderful things, and then you kind of see the adults, and whilst there's some cute things there as well, they, they, they've lost a lot of that curiosity as well as i mean is that something that's just inbuilt into all species that when you're young that curiosity is strongest because the learning curve needs to be really strong and then later on it tapers off i think i mean to some extent you know no like sweeping generalizations everything within <laughs> reason um but i think that's true because it, like we're like it like we're born these we're not fully formed, but we have so many like neurons in our brain and they're all trying to connect and figure out what to strengthen, which pathways, because that's a good thing to remember or like, nope, I'm never going to need that. And so evolutionarily, we are learning and we are trying to just test a bunch of stuff because we're trying to figure out like, what is that thing over there? Or what happens if I touch this? Or is this water safe to drink if you're an animal at like a pond? Um, we're learning things and you learn by making mistakes, potentially failing, which is a big, scary word in the human world. Um, mm. But it's cute and adorable when you're looking at animals, little animal cubs failing to climb a tree or something. Um, but yeah. we're all just trying to figure stuff out. And I think that if we're going like animal versus now humans um, in like the animal kingdom, and in humans, like we're as kids or cubs, we're figuring it all out. In the animal kingdom, once you've figured it out, it's about survival. <laughs> like that you're trying mm. to survive because there's like predator, prey, and dangers and stuff like that, and you need to find food. Um, this is all real in the human world as well, but we there's there's so much more that we have going on with like society and economy and all these other things that it's it it hopefully is more than just surviving um we've learned that we have sort of a structure to be able to get you to learn but then it almost like overcorrects from like learn this one right way um because there are like with school um okay you're you're still learning there but there's like a right way to learn versus learning however whatever you're interested in or curious about or um what what's what sparks you a little bit um i think that it is something that we it does kind of get pared down but i think that we've overdone it a little bit as humans i think mm. a little yeah yeah well, i like what you said about with you know with this figuring out stuff stage and i was amused at the beginning of this pandemic that we're unfortunately still experiencing the um the number of articles, blog posts, videos, whatever, 
that came out in the business environment that said, here's how you survive this pandemic and here's how you, you know, here's the steps you need to take and all this. And I thought, hmm, that's really interesting because we've never, never actually faced anything like this before. As far as I know, the last really big global pandemic was back in the early 1900s when it was the Spanish flu. And I can't imagine that any, anybody that uh, lived through that is still alive today. And even still, and, um, we're, the, the world is slightly different from then. So even if you did experience <laughs> that too, it, yes. it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're still really just figuring stuff out. Yeah. And yet we we kind of default to these okay there's a there's a way to do this there's there's one path through this forest or this jungle um rather than let's explore yeah. how this might work best for everyone Definitely. so how do we yeah how do we so cultivating curiosity first of all what what do you mean by that and then the next question will be how how do we do it how do we kind of cultivate our curiosity more to the extent of you know exploring these things and and having this mindset of figuring stuff out oh, it's it it's tough it is tough um but it's practice <laughs> and i think for me curiosity is i mean generally when you think about like kids are curious and they ask all the questions and it is based in a lot of questions um but also like wondering and imagination and creativity and innovation um being curious about what doesn't already exist because like you mentioned with those articles people are like here's, here's the answer. Here's the list of what you got to do. Um, people want, people want answers. Um, people want the solution. People want to be told, maybe not always, but like, this will help you. This will get you to success. Like uh, it's scary. Sometimes there's so many options. Somebody just tell me what to do, but there isn't typically one way to do things. Um, and we like, we want to know that, but we've gotten, there's so much going on that I think that sometimes we get stuck in the sort of like paralysis of like, there's too many things. Somebody just tell me what to do. But then we lose a lot of that practice in not knowing what to do or being, being okay with the discomfort of not knowing what to do and it potentially mm -hmm. being exciting versus scary. And yes, some things are scary, like, of course, but not at this pandemic like we just said even though it has happened in history it has never happened in the now like with the technology mm. we have with the information age like with what kind of jobs exist or don't exist now versus in history and i think that it's yes scary because it's a big deal and it for better or for worse, forced people to like reflect and be uncomfortable. Like we're like, nope, everything's changing. And we've been out of practice in that because there's the, again, we get practiced into what's the supposed to, what's the right way of go to college, get married, have kids, get a house. Um, you may, you find a major, you find that job, you do that career forever that's not necessarily the case now. And with when there are things that come up and hurdles, maybe not as big as pandemic, but maybe it's even just, I don't know, you need to move like you're wherever you're renting or living, you have to move for some reason. And like, that could be stressful a little bit, but is it scary? It's uncomfortable, but it could be exciting. 
Um, it could be a lot of opportunity versus just like, no, this path that I was on is different now and I don't know what to do. There are still other paths. Um, so I think that curiosity is a practice that we've been practiced out of because we've been told there's right answers to tests. There's right answers to the way, like the next landmark steps of your life. Um, like, what are you doing next? Like, I don't, maybe you don't know. Um, so it's definitely a practice and there's a lot of ways to go about it because just like we've said, like it's not a black and white. It's not just like a switch you turn <laughs> off and on. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it sounds a lot like there's, it's really a mindset thing. And I mean, as humans, we have this core need of certainty, but of the opposite, well, kind of the other side of the scale to that is, is our desire for variety. So we're, you know, we like to experience new things. We like to go to different places to holiday. We like to try out different games and sports and we like to meet new people. So that, that's the variety part. And yet, you know, some people are so, far in the certainty part that they kind of lose the variety because they're afraid of that change and like you say i like the example of um moving house i mean i i've always been really excited when moving house and sometimes that's involved moving around the other side of the world for me i've always been excited now that doesn't mean to say that i got uh, i didn't get stressed out by you know having to pack things up having to clean clean the place i was leaving having to you know do all the physical work and planning to um, transport everything, you know, the, the possessions, the family, the people and new schools and whatever else needs to happen. That definitely stressed me out, but I certainly always saw that as exciting and, you know, the opportunity because it was kind of like a new beginning. Yeah. Um, I think actually you bring up a, a, a good point that I want to be clear on. Um, I mentioned like doing things kind of like a kid and like kids play and kids are curious. And as adults, I think that those things are still important, but it's also, there's a lot more factors because, you know, we're also managing living as an adult and other responsibilities and things like that. But we are more experienced, not that we necessarily know more than we did as kids a little bit, but um, we are more capable of holding multiple things at once in the sense of something can be scary and exciting and stressful. Um, it's not just, mm. this is terrible or like, this is an amazing opportunity or it, it can be multiple things at once. And I think that that's also, again, kind of like going through school, we forget sometimes because there's oftentimes one answer to the uh, math problem test whatever you're taking mm. or if you're learning about history like there's a correct general from some war and even sometimes in english like maybe you didn't understand the depths of this character's meaning like there's a right answer even it's like it's my interpretation yeah. and i think that people forget that there can be more than one answer or that you can feel or experience two things at the same time because we we're kind of told not to like everything's just like the final like this is this is the answer this one answer um hmm. so being able to do more do and hold multiple things at once um the, again the gray area is where we live and we feel really uncomfortable with it but that's what every like that's like everything hmm. 
Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And uh, you brought up an interesting example there, and it, it made me think of uh, back to my school days, which is quite some time ago now. <laughs> but um, the studying a novel and studying characters in that novel, and then you know the examinations or the tests would be around, well, what was that person's motivation, or um, you know how did the relationship between A and B play out and what impact did that have on on their environment or something like that they, they were the kind of questions that we had and i thought well you know i can answer that i but it's what i interpret it's my belief i mean clearly you know if you had have had the opportunity to ask those characters and they might have told you something completely different but since most of these things were written either about fiction or about um you know if it was um uh, a biography for example then generally those people were no longer with us so you couldn't ask them and i thought well who knows who knows what was in their mind yeah. which would have been the only benchmark you have to say well that's actually the right answer yeah that's that's like exactly it in the sense that with the english example and the characters in the story and there's a quote-unquote hmm. right answer people actual people in the world that we talk to now i like i have my perspective and you have your perspective on what mm. we like maybe we see something happen in the distance and what i think is happening versus what you think is happening might be the same but it might be completely different because of our experiences and the like the viewpoint that we have or what we do or don't know resource wise about whatever people or sports teams or something in the distance that we're looking at. Um, there's so much to that, that I think like with curiosity <laughs> um, gets needs to be practiced more because as an adult, to me, a lot of curiosity is wanting to learn or know or understand um, and being okay. Not like knowing that you don't know if I'm curious, I'm like learning. I'm in a mind, like a mindset state of, I want to learn because I don't understand. So I know that I'm going to make a mistake or I know that I don't know everything. And as adults, we're also kind of suddenly expected to know answers <laughs> to everything mm. in life, but that's also not possible. And I think that that's a big part of trying to be curious, like own curiosity for yourself and also cultivate it with others is like being okay with people asking a question and maybe it's not it's not an argument or it's not a, a, a questioning of your capabilities. It's just like understanding. Um, and if we can get to those kinds of spaces, um, there's so much room for growth that I think we're not necessarily scared of, but uh, not, not well versed in because we don't get to do it very often. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I think um, to say, I don't know when someone asks you something is kind of so hard for us sometimes. It's, it's, I remember it's I, stressful. Yeah. I used to do it quite a lot with my kids and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I did necessarily consciously or out of this motivation that we're talking about now. It was kind of just, well, in some ways it was like, lazy like if you want to know you want to know the answer why don't you find out but i would often say yeah they'd ask me something and i'd say well i don't know what do you think 
or how can we find out? Um, which kind of sparked their curiosity in some ways. That you know, I, as I say, I, I, that wasn't I wasn't necessarily consciously motivated by that. It was just um, often a reaction that I did. Which is amazing, and I love that you did that. And I, to, to be fair, I take ownership of this like cultivator of curiosity sort of title if you will now but i think that i did that through my life but i didn't know that i was doing it like i wasn't mm. trying to do it but in like retrospect reflection i was just like oh no i've always asked questions i've always wanted to understand i always wanted to figure out why or the bigger picture or we're talking about this particular i don't know functioning of a machine but i'm like but why does that have to be like why does it have to be shaped like that mm. which is not relevant to what we're talking about with this very specific machine but it like brings the bigger everything to me. So like I've always kind of leaned into it, but I didn't know it or couldn't necessarily name it. So maybe you're similar. Um, but <laughs> I, I do love that because uh, what that made me actually think of is it's so much about anything, but especially things where we, times where we're either like stressed because we get, like we feel like there's a right or wrong or I'm going to make a mistake or I'm going to fail or I'm going to do something embarrassing or I'm going to be ashamed because someone's going to find out that I did a bad job. Any of those times, hmm. the thing that I think that can help ease those feelings, which is again, not an on and off, but a practice is um, someone giving you permission. Like you gave your kids permission. Like they didn't know and they asked you and it's okay for an adult to not know and like, what do you think? Mm. Like, I want to know what you think, which isn't always the case sometimes with adults and kids. Um, or again, there's a right or a wrong. And I think the permission to not know, the permission to let's find out together, um, the permission to make a mistake or think of something that maybe I haven't thought of um, is huge because like nobody wants to be that first person to raise their hand or say they don't know or have a question in a room of yeah. people. And so if you're willing to either ask actively and make sure people feel that safety, or if you can be the first one to be like, I don't understand what you just said to me. Other people will be like, Oh my gosh, me neither. I don't know. Can you, I also don't know, but the permission energy, the energy of giving someone permission to do something or not do something mm. or make a mistake or not know is a huge thing because we're expected so the opposite of that all the time yeah in some ways it's it was almost um i mean you make a really good point and i i often when i'm doing workshops or something i um invite questions and i say there's no such thing as a stupid question the only stupid question is the one that doesn't get asked and um you know i say if you if something comes up in your mind as a question you can bet your bottom dollar that somebody else in the room at least one other person in the room will have the same question so you're doing them a favor if you ask first um, but yeah the with with my kids i suppose in some ways it was almost the counterintuitive thing that i you know i had i was probably brought up with you know there's a right and wrong way of doing things there's a right or wrong answer to everything and if I didn't know the answer to something they were asking me, I thought, well, I don't want to give them the wrong answer, so it's probably better I just say, well, I don't know, let's go and find out, or why don't you go and find out and then tell me. And and in some ways, that's that's been of great benefit longer term now. I mean, they're both 
adults now and you know i feel quite comfortable going to them now and saying hey i don't understand this you probably know this better than i do can you explain it to me you know and that's kind of quite natural you know particularly with sort of the latest technology or whatever whatever's going on in the corporate world because i'm way out of that they're still in that i love that you have come full circle with your kids with that um especially because there's we're we're adults but we don't necessarily know like every person we meet knows more about something than we do whether they're older or younger like even i could go up to like a five-year-old and like i'm sure they know more about my little pony than i do or some cartoon character like they know something more than i do um and so everybody has value in knowledge of something and it's okay to not know and i love that you're down to ask and potentially anyone uh or especially kids it's like you're it's like you're they're returning the favor (laughs) of knowing or maybe not knowing (laughs) yeah yeah, and sometimes, sometimes they say, "Why don't you ask Google?" <laughs> <laughs> ah, technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, one of one of your other um, key areas is connecting people. So you touched on a little bit there that um, everybody, everybody in the world, every single person knows something that I don't know. And so, talk to us a little bit about you know, you work with connecting people and how you sort of marry that up with the the creativity part or the cultivating that curiosity part. I think, at least for me, in reflection again, like it's kind of been curiosity um, has something that's been kind of natural to me. Um, But in trying to figure out how to explain it to other people, I've gotten more practiced in um, (laughs) what, like, what do I, what do I, why? what do I do? Like, how do I do that? Um, and I think that for me, I've, people can be curious about a lot of things. Like when people go down rabbit holes on the internet and like find out about a very specific Russian war in some whatever, um, there's that sort of level of curiosity about Hmm. things or knowledge and like space or, um, a very specific country or something like that or a band, musical artist. Um, but for me, I where this comes in is I, I tend to be very curious about people because I like understanding them and then how they interact with the world around them. It's just very interesting to me. And I think that any kind of curiosity requires your, I mean, it requires your interest, right? Like to be curious, it's active. And it's hard with connecting sometimes with people, especially now um, in virtual pandemic times, or even just like in the adult world, a lot of times when we try to connect with people, it feels um, scheduled and forced. Like it's a networking event or it's a meet and greet at a thing or it's an interview. Um, And there's not as many times where it's just like, oh, like, okay, I'm going to go in this room and I need, I'm supposed to meet people and I'm supposed to introduce myself and I'm supposed to find out what they do, but am I, what am I actively interested in isn't always there or you have to find it because if you are interested in something or someone, you will remember or dig deeper or like it'll become more meaningful or useful to you. Um, And I think that that's really important with people. Like if you have your team, especially in the work world, we have, you know, 
People are hired for roles, they have jobs to do, and we have things that we need to accomplish. That's totally fair. But in order to sort of have a good like community team environment um, of like trust and respect and <laughs> like faith in people being able to get their job done, not having to micromanage everybody, um, to get to that place, you need to be, I'm not saying you have to be like best friends, family, but like you need to be interested in people as people. Um, hmm. I think that that is a really big factor in when individuals on a team, like you, you work better when you can be yourself in a sense. Um, and if you feel like you can't do that because of the environment or there hasn't been a permission of like, I can talk about whatever, I don't know, D and D or what I do on the weekends or something like that. There is something of people aren't interested. I'm here to do this job. And like, it feels, it can feel very constricting because it's like, what is scheduled? I'm scheduled to do work here. I'm scheduled to do networking here. It's not just like you being a human. Yeah, it's sort of very transactional. Yes. As opposed to sort of uh, relying on relationships to underpin teamwork. Because most of the times in in those environments, I mean, you use the word team, so it's yeah. it's it is a team. So you're reliant on other people doing things that contribute to your own success. Yeah. And so knowing knowing enough about them at a personal level so you know how to communicate with them, you know, how to motivate them, how to support them so that the team itself gets the best result it can. Yeah. Um, I think is, is yeah, that's, that's what the whole relationship part really underpins. Yeah. I think to kind of go back. So for a second, um, in the idea, like I think in the beginning I'd mentioned, like I have used the phrase adulting like a kid relatively often. And I think a big part of that was also because almost for almost a decade, I worked in, uh, education management, which is like, we ran programs teaching people to learn, like learn through play. And we did that with kids to teach them STEM. And we did that with adults to do like team building leadership stuff, but we did learn through play. And so in doing a lot of work with kids also, this is where this kind of came from because I kept being like, this is what we do in the classrooms with kids and not in a treat my staff like children, but I'm mm -hmm. telling them to manage expectations, give them heads up on time frames. Like I should be doing the same things with my staff and you know, there's, we're all in a classroom when we're teaching kids, we're all trying to work on the same thing at once. But what I'm doing at a certain point, what I'm doing and what like four different kids are doing, we're not all on the same step. We're working towards the same goal or the same project or something. Similarly with adults, we generally, especially in work, like you have your team or your department where you're all working on the same goal, but like do we have to be in meetings 24 seven? No, like I have my thing that I'm working on. You have your thing you're working on. Yes, they have to connect or I should be checking in with you from time to time, but understanding what you're doing, you knowing what you need to do if you have a problem or who you can go to or um, what resources you have when a issue comes up. Like with a kid, maybe their issue is like they ran out of materials or they are fighting with another kid. And like, who do you talk to? Like, come talk to me if you have a problem. Same thing with adults, like if they run into an issue where they're missing materials, like 
Can they just go get something? Do they have to approve something with 12 other people? Do, if they're having an issue with a coworker, like, should they talk to that person specifically or to you or to HR? Like knowing resources, Mm. understanding what the bigger goal is, knowing what is or isn't okay or which pathways are options. Sometimes issues come up because people don't know their resources because maybe you haven't explained it. Um, So with that, I think a lot of it is trying to, it's, it's in work. It's like, okay, here's the job description. Can you do this job? It's very, I mean, it feels very like the puzzle piece. Like we're just trying to get someone to fit in here, but for something to work smoothly um, and like with efficiency, uh, it helps to to some extent, meet people where they're at or understand where they're at. So like you can communicate well and understand what's going on. Um, and that's a huge part of any group of people, just because every human, kid, adult, otherwise, every person is different and every group of people is different. So even if like you and I and person A are in one group versus you and I and person B are in a different group, like those are going to function differently. And mm. um, I feel like a lot of times the way that the job force is set up is not conducive to that. And so we have to work a lot harder to bring the humanity back to work for it to work well, hmm. which was a lot. I know. Yes. I like, yeah. I like that. <laughs> bring the humanity back to work. Yeah. It's like making marketing human again, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is our, our business motto. It's very true. It's not separate. It's not separate. We're all, human all the time <laughs> we're just in different mm. environments yeah so how come we kind of bring this idea of that humanity and cultivating curiosity into the culture in a way that you know pe- people understand it's part of the culture it's okay to ask questions it's okay to ask why it's uh, okay to be a little bit vulnerable and open up and share what you did on the weekend with others and get to know them at a more personal level? Um, I think a lot of, I mean, you have to get group investment, right? But a lot of that comes from like power dynamics and leadership and authority. Like somebody has to make it okay. And if whoever's a leader in a space, like it's one thing to be like, not like when we're, when we're, if we're in a workshop and you say like, there are no, there are no silly questions. Like that's one thing, but then to prove that to people, um, cause you know, like you can say that and people are like, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm still not going to ask that question cause it feels yeah. dumb and I don't want to look silly or foolish. And so you have to like prove that. And it's kind of like what you did with your kids, um, with knowing, saying you don't know something. If you're in a meeting and being okay with like not knowing or asking questions or, um, asking a potentially quote unquote silly question um, with peers or your team when you're talking to somebody else, sort of setting a good example so they can be like, oh, they, they, they asked, I didn't know that either, but I didn't know that they didn't know. So you have mm-hmm. to sort of prove to people that it's okay. Um, there's a beliefs pyramid, um, which is, I believe it's a people's beliefs um, set up what their Act, like their actions are and what the results will be and like it's a loop right so like oh like i know mm-hmm. how this is going to turn out so i'm going to choose to do this and then that's going to be the result and so it it's maintains 
that thought structure. And if you want to try to change that for people, you have to change their experiences to have a chance at changing their beliefs, which then will change their potential actions and results. Um, and so it's that experience, it's that practice of giving people permission or showing by example um, how mm. to, that it is okay. Like I'm going to ask when someone else does ask uh, or if somebody asks a silly question or something like that, not being like, Oh, I can't, like, I can't believe you didn't know that. Or I just said that five minutes ago. Like, yeah, Oh, yeah. I did say that, but I'm going like, this is what I meant. Sorry if it didn't make sense. Like trying to make it okay. Make people mm. understand that they can ask questions. They can make mistakes. The mistakes is a big one because mm. especially in work, that oftentimes there's time, money, energy put into things and nobody wants to make a mistake or be the one that costs some terrible crisis happened and you've now cost a company thousands of dollars and it's going to cost this much time and people energy to fix this thing now. Um, and of course, nobody wants to get to that point. But sometimes things happen. And so even if it's something little, I think it's about when mistake, when a mistake or a failure, quote unquote failure, it's not that bad. It's just something that didn't work. Something went yeah. badly and we're going to fix it. And again, for me. And, and it's a learning opportunity yes, too, isn't it? Because hmm. it's absolutely like, learning there's information. A, yeah. There's a, a famous anecdote. And I'm just trying to remember. I think it was Jack Welsh who might have been the CEO of GE at the time or anyway, but not important anyway, big company, um, CEO, very famous, um, well-respected, well-known and well-credentialed CEO, might have been Jack Walsh. Um, and there was a one of his senior management teams made a huge error in judgment, cost the company tens of millions of dollars. Sure. And when that all happened, they turned up at, in, in the office of the, the CEO and said, well, I guess you're going to ask for my resignation now for having made that mistake. And the response was, why would I do that? I've just, I've just invested tens of millions of dollars in your education. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great, it's a perspective thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But in that same way, the person who came in and was like, I'm about to be fired or I'm going to get in trouble. Mm. They're worried. So again, there's like, there wasn't a feeling or a known culture feeling mm. of it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. And of course, when it's tons of millions of dollars, it's a little scarier. Um, like hopefully, scary. Generally, most people aren't getting to that point. But even if it's just like a, a staff member calls and they're like, this really bad situation interaction occurred. Like if it's like a customer service related type thing. Um, mm. I feel like I, what I have realized works well is when you're curious about what happened, you want to know what happened regardless, right? But mm. it's not about whose fault it was because when it's that, it's like, you're in trouble. You made a mistake, yeah. customer made a mistake, and like someone's in trouble. But if it's about fixing a process, or fixing um, someone's understanding, you want to understand the situation. So you got to ask all the questions like, okay, well, what happened? What did they say? What did you say? Who, what did you do next? Where did we leave everything? Did you know that you could have gone to this person and asked X, Y, Z? 
Um, it's trying to understand what went down so that the education learning part is I understand what happened so that I know where, where something went awry or was missed or misunderstood. And now that was not great. So sometimes there are also, also repercussions, but also now we know how to fix it for the future for that staff member, or maybe it was something in my process that I forgot to mention something. And so they didn't know, and it's not their fault that they didn't know. And then something happened. Hmm. Um, it's about understanding and trying to fix it for the future um, versus being who's to blame. Cause that's, yeah. that's the culture that I think we all, that is very strong in some industries that I think we're trying to help well, people shift. You talk, yeah. You talked about leadership before, and I think it's, you know, that blame culture is stronger than ever in politics all across the world as far as i can see certainly here in australia it's very strong yeah you know nobody taking any responsibility and and you know the government leadership just blaming everyone else for what's gone wrong with the vaccine rollout and what's gone wrong with um you know the the economy because of lockdowns and the pandemic and so on and uh, that's just kind of everybody's sort of seeing this is the way that the country's leadership behaves it's a blame thing so. yeah it becomes about uh whether it's in politics or work or personal life whatever it becomes it has become um oftentimes an us versus them but it's like especially at like work like we're supposed to be a team and like i will have your back if you have mine i'm gonna work hard for you and i want you to work hard for me but i gotta understand and i want you to understand for me like transparency and communication managing expectations just being clear with people so that you can be a team is so mm. important because that's like if if someone's worried all the time of like are they gonna have my back am i gonna get yelled at am i gonna get in trouble like that's people are not gonna function at their highest yeah. potential if they're worried about all these other things um so yes, team versus us versus them, everybody in, in yeah. the world. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, team, yes. So I, I think on that note, it's a good time to move on to the buzz, our innovation round, um, where I ask the same five questions of all of our guests. And the idea is that you'll share some tips with the listener to inspire he, him or her to do something really awesome today as a result. I will do my best. <laughs> Great. So what do you think the number one thing is anyone needs to do to be more innovative? I mean, innovation is about new stuff, right? And so it's hard to be like, it's hard to be like, think of something new. Um, so I <laughs> yeah. would encourage people to lean into that kid thing. And if it's question, to some extent, like question everything, but getting, finding ways to get out of your own head, right? Because even when you try to question everything, we still have our assumptions. So sometimes mm. doing the um, like silly superlatives, if you're like trying to problem solve something, like think about it in a totally ridiculous different way. Like I've mm. worked with people um, just as like a fun question. I think it's fun. I'm just like, okay, like what's the most expensive way you could fill a pool with cereal and milk? Like, <laughs> like it's a superlative, like the most expensive or the most ridiculous or the cheapest or um, using the most people. Like what thinking about something in a in like a completely ridiculous way to kind of get out of your own head, um, I think can really help that in the idea of questioning everything. There's also 
quickly. Um, I feel like I've heard this anecdote. I don't remember what show it's from, but like when writers for a show or something are in the writer's room and have like writers block where they're just like, I can't, we can't, we're stuck. There's plot line. We can't get past it. How do we make this work? And there's the idea of kind of like jumping the shark, like maybe not in some actually doing it for the show, but where you're just like, let me throw out a really ridiculous idea. Cause it's like permission to be like, well, everything's going to be better than this dumb idea I just threw out. Um, so mm-hmm. trying to go extra far in some direction to be able to kind of come back and think about things in a different way. Um, be, get get weird and silly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. You reminded me, um, there's a whole series of books by Edward de Bono on the idea of um, creativity, innovation, and he talks about, um, so he has a whole lot of techniques and, you know, you, you've probably just encapsulated several of those techniques. So, you know, he sort of talks about coming up with something totally ridiculous or turning something around on its head or reversing. So if you're trying to do one thing, totally reverse it and say, what if we wanted to do it, you know, the other way or, or you know, instead of, so if that's our target, what if we wanted to look backwards and aim for the, the yeah and, it's hard yeah, to yeah. think outside the box if you're in the box so like you gotta mm. like dismantle the box <laughs> <laughs> great dismantle the box yeah what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas Ooh, um i'm gonna go with follow your curiosity uh i don't know if we fully talked about this here but i've often said like people have passions and if you're an entrepreneur you may have a passion um, but passion is also really big and curiosity can can be small. Like you can be curious about a bunch of things at once. And curiosity is also less of a goal line, in my opinion. Like you can stop being curious about something or you've, you've fulfilled um, what level, level of curiosity you had and you can change direction. So if you're curious about something, again, you're invested and interested. And there's something to that because if you're interested, it's like there's an excitement and like energy that follows that. And if you're excited enough about something, there's worth worthwhileness <laughs> for you. And in theory, depending on what your idea is for other people, like if you're trying to serve other people or create a product for other people, if you're excited about it, it's for a reason. And it's also kind of, um, uh, what's it's contagious kind of like if I'm excited about talking about something, whoever I'm talking to is going to be like, wow, they're like super excited about this. Like, I feel like I want to know more because they're so excited. Mm. So being able to fi- follow your curiosity in ways. And again, that might be to steps one and two and be like, nope, I don't want that anymore. But like, listen to yourself when you get excited about something and and lean into it and potentially find others who are not going to follow you, but like who are also interested in following their curiosity. Yeah, so that you have that connection with with people as well as the just the uh, knowledge area. Yeah. Right? There's a quote by Howard author Howard Thurman, which is like, "Don't ask what the world needs. Like, ask like what uh, energizes you, right? Because that's you need. Mm-hmm. We need more people who have that energy to bring to the world. And so, again, following your curiosity." following your curiosity being like, I need to figure out a product that will solve this problem. Like maybe mm. you're, if you're excited about it, but it's not, it's not about the end goal as much as like along the way, figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. And also the, the other thing I like about that quote is, um, I don't know if he said this, I, I 
certainly read it from somewhere else, is that in doing something like that, you give permission to other people who, um, you know, are passionate about something. Yeah, uh, want to follow that So much permission. Give everyone permission. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Ooh. Um... Yeah, okay, this might be kind of a weird throwaway, but I'm going to say, in the following of your curiosity, um, use the technology that we have, which is like, at, like, ask Google or Siri, or go to Twitter or YouTube, like, there's so much TikTok. Oh, my gosh, the amount of information that's like educational information on social media. Yes, there's a lot of other stuff as well. But um, there's a lot of really useful information that people are just putting out there um you do have to sort of get good at fi figuring out your search words but um yeah, there's yeah. so much at your fingertips sometimes too much but uh if you want to know something or understand something better there there's stuff out there potentially oftentimes for free that will teach you hmm. yeah yeah I, I love using youtube just put into youtube how to Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there's like I've I've done some amazing um, little handyman tasks at home. Now I'm not a handyman at all. I've probably got two left hands and two left feet. And um, if you know, if my life depended on it, I probably wouldn't be able to repair anything. And yet I've done some really um, fairly significant repairs and you know, small devices and restored them to life simply by saying well i wonder how this works yeah. well i'll go on youtube you know yes. how to do that and then you know you'll find videos of people actually dismantling and fixing the problem and reassembling this thing and you just follow the follow exactly the steps they have and all of a sudden well it's it's like it's that. magic like i don't someone's yeah, yeah. step by step for free on the internet this is amazing that's right it's, yeah. it's really is it's magical we live in a great time of technology and i think that sometimes mm. we because it's everywhere sometimes we forget how available it is in useful mm. ways as well yeah that's right mm. all right now what's the best way to keep a client on track oh <laughs> um i'm gonna go with managing expectations from the beginning and along the way um which is related to communication of just because uh, whether it's a project or a client um, things oftentimes do not go in a straight line, right? <laughs> Hurdles happen, weird turns mm. happen, and choices have to be made. And if a choice is made and it's going to adjust a deadline or a budget or um, some end result, if you can say, okay, we could definitely do it that way, but it's going to cost this much more for something to get done, people can make good choices versus just being like, yeah, we could do that. And then having surprises along the way. Um, hmm. Sometimes on track can mean different things depending on whatever the expectations are. So hmm. chat a lot with people. <laughs> Talk. Yeah. Be curious. Yes. Find out what's going on. What matters the most for their on track? Yeah. Is it budget money? Is it time? Is it? Yeah. What, what do they need? Great. I love it. All right, and uh, finally, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? I also feel like this is a cop-out answer, <laughs> but I was like, it's the same. <laughs> it's like exactly the question kind of, um, like be yourself. Like you don't <laughs> try to be different. I mean, actively, mm. 
I guess it's, it is be yourself or try to be different by not trying to fit in, not saying, well, this yeah. is what everyone else is doing. Yes, sometimes mm. there are trends and that works, but like if it feels good to you to do something a certain way or follow a certain path, like do that. If not, if you have a different idea, try it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's good. It's good and okay to be different. Um, because then you differentiate and you're not just in this trend that disappears soon. Um, so hmm. how to be different is be different, <laughs> which feels silly, but <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's worth saying. Well, it's, yeah, it's, you know, you mentioned earlier about, um, fitting in in the corporate world and, um, being on guard, I guess I, I'm putting words into, I'm paraphrasing what you said, but being on guard and, and the energy that costs to, um, you know, it, it's kind of almost counterproductive because you're investing all this energy in, in being a certain way. Yeah. And that energy is not available to do something constructive. So in, if we're trying to be a certain persona that may not be our natural persona, then that costs energy as well. Yes. <laughs> it's very, uh, it can be very draining, I imagine. Absolutely. And along that line, whether it is you as an individual or as a leader or as a company or brand or whatever, um, there, uh, there's a lot of um, talk out there that is about how fitting in is not the same as belonging. And if you're trying to fit in, it takes a lot of energy and effort. And like, again, is it trendy or is it going away um, versus trying to fit your persona into whatever you're trying to make it be. Um, and it takes a lot of effort and time and pain and stress. But if you are just yourself and you can find belonging, that's, that's where you're meant to be. And if you are being yourself and you aren't finding belonging, there's also a chance like maybe this is not exactly the right industry. Maybe your path needs to change mm. a little bit. Maybe this is not the right company for you, um, which is mm. hard to realize or think about. But sometimes it can't be fit, quote unquote, fixed. Sometimes it's it, it ha something has to change. And I think that that's yeah. OK. Even though it's scary, you can hold two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> yep, And path forward, exciting change. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, I, um, that's really interesting contrast that um, fitting in versus belonging. Yeah. I, all I think about is like middle school and high school. I was like, am I belonging or am I fitting in? Because that feels yeah. very obvious then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Lauren. This has been absolutely fantastic. Now, where can people find out more about you and the work you do and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you shared today? Uh, I love chatting with people. So find me if you want to. Um, I am oftentimes found on Twitter. I'm, it's me, Lauren Yi. Um, I also have, um, an individual and another LLC business. Um, I can be found on those websites. One is cultivatorofcuriosity.com and I have contacts and links on there as well as, um, a business that I have where we run workshops and help people be more curious and adult like a kid and things, um, called this us now because that's what it's all about this us and now this us now.com and we have social links and stuff on there um i'd love to chat with you for fun for work for whatever i love people and i want to learn about you great all right well, we'll post those links in the show notes so people can click straight through and connect with you there sounds great now do you have some parting advice today for our listener um I guess I would go with 
kind of like an all-encompassing moral of the story, if you will, uh, would be not like 99% of the time, there's not one right way or answer. We all want answers or want to be like, what's the trick? Um, but oftentimes there isn't. And so being willing to try things and make mistakes or fail, which is not as scary as it sounds, um, but just doing what you're going to do for your individual self or business or otherwise, keeping people and your values in mind. And I think that if you can keep your values in mind, any decision you make, you'll be comfortable with. Even if it fails or you made a mistake, you are in line with yourself. So know yourself, try some stuff, and there's not a right way, so just do something. <laughs> <laughs> right, I love it, yeah. So, yeah, and it does require a fair bit of self-awareness, but certainly the acting in accordance with your values and, you know, connecting with the people. It's a big one. Great. Okay. Well, finally, who else should I get on this podcast and why? Ooh. Um, I feel like there's like, like so many names floating through my head. Um, I may have to follow up with you on this so that I don't okay, spend that's dead fine. air time trying to think of all the names and sort them through. But they're, like I'd mentioned, the uh, technology and internet and social media that's out there, there are a lot of interesting perspectives and ideas. Um, and I'm thinking of several people from the Twitterverse, and I will chat with you about it a little later. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks, Lauren. We'll um, we'll get those introductions and reach out to people to bring them on the show. Yeah. So thanks so much for sharing your time and insights with us so generously today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been filled with curiosity, and I hope it sparked curiosity in the listener's mind so that they um, they take that on board and um in, in adult more like a child yeah yes please do stay curious ask all the questions <laughs> excellent thanks lauren and let's stay in touch absolutely I hope you enjoyed that wonderfully engaging and really insightful conversation with Lauren and took something away from her episode today. I really love Lauren's whole approach to curiosity, from being comfortable with uncertainty to reframing problems as opportunities to connecting with and working with other people at a real human level. I'm curious to know what you took away from Lauren's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Lauren Yee. That is L-A-U-R-E-N-Y-E-E. -E -E. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Lauren Yee. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Lauren, as well as links to the Cultivator of Curiosity website, her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you like this episode, please do share it with other people that it might help. You'll be doing a service to those folks. Tag me in on that share and I will reach out to you with a special thank you. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including Wade Galt of the Three Day Weekend Club and Kat Stanchik, the lead boss. 
Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.